You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to We Are Libertarians. I'm your host, Chris Spangle. We bring you all of the irreverence modern politics deserves while putting people before political parties. We examine current events from a libertarian perspective with the goal of leaving you better informed. Please be sure to rate and review us on iTunes, like us on Facebook, and subscribe on Patreon at WeAreLibertarians.com. In exchange for supporting our program, we give you all kinds of bonus content and free stuff. Seriously, if you like this show... If you uh, subscribe for five dollars or more a month, you get you dang get you, you dang near get an entire extra episode of this show uh, a week. This show is crowdsourced, so you can send us news with the hashtag #WALpolitics or in our Facebook group and Discord channel, which you can find at WeAreLibertarians.com. We're always taking your questions and comments via email at editor at wearelibertarians.com. Please be warned that this show is raw, unedited, and authentic, so the language is sometimes strong and offensive. We're going to describe what this program is and is not today. We're going to give you a little about us and uh, just kind of catch everybody up to speed here on the uh, on the program on what it is. And my co-host for the Tuesday night's Posted on Wednesday episode is Harry Price. Harry, how are you? Going good. How are you? I'm doing really well. I'm tired, sleepy. You've had you've been off for an entire fortnight, and I, you're sleeping. I've been off for two weeks since I had December 15th through the second off, and today was the we're back to work today, and I didn't wake up before 11 and any day on vacation, mm. except I had to wake up at seven today. So I am sleepy. Mm-mm, mm-mm. My 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 clock is basically like go to sleep at two wake up at two <laughs> so so work always wears me out so yes i i am sleepy today how was how was your break uh let's see it was okay at first it was like i was seeing news stories it was venting to everyone else around me <laughs> then then about the second week they got annoyed with me and you know my sister every my family my friends stopped picking up the phone so i just had to like you know i had to get that out I, 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 yeah you I turned to a pressure cooker you did a four hour show on twitch which we posted for our patreon subscribers mm-hmm. yeah i was just yeah i was just it was trying to hold it all in and like i'm gonna make it i'm gonna make it the next tuesday and i did not make it <laughs> <laughs> you had a lot in you had a, held a lot in i didn't watch a, a ton of news on the break so uh every december when i take vacation i take vacation from this from work from everything i spend the first week just vegging i ate like absolute garbage for the first week i felt miserable because i ate so much bad food it was great and then the second week, I'm like, I better start doing stuff, and I start doing stuff, and then by Saturday, I'm ready to get my life back and you know back to normal. Uh, so it's always good. I, I am well rested. I'm just uh, sleepy because I had some time to just kind of chill and watch some TV before this, and I'm tired. But we're back, and it is the first show of the new year of 2018. And I feel like with that, uh, over the break... Uh, I, I There were some changes to We Are Libertarians, as there always are. Mm-hmm. I'm always tweaking, always trying to get the most effective uh, organization I can out of this. And I feel like we have the right fit. We have the right formula. We have 
everything kind of where I want it for this election year, and I'm very happy about it. And we haven't done a show that is kind of an about this show. Uh, if you're an, if you're a longtime listener, you're still going to get stuff out of this. But this show is really for those new people who are kind of new to the program who don't understand what this is. I want, and for all of our new listeners in the future, let's say this is 2024 and uh, you're scrolling back the feed, you're like, I wonder what are the 10 principles of We Are Libertarians? Well, that's what this show is going to be about. We're going to talk about the 10 principles of We Are Libertarians, which I wrote on break. Uh, the week, the first week, as I was kind of chilling out at home, and I, I just, I grew increasingly frustrated with the big We Are Libertarians Facebook page. <laughs> um, through the end of last year, as I tried to post a lot of news and and political insight uh, and commentary, and they don't want that. Uh, <laughs> and so I just got people just kept getting confused about, well, you guys are just alt right, and then there'd be. Well, you guys are just left libertarians. You guys are just stupid. <laughs> All right, that last yeah, one that. could be, but <laughs> so I wanted to just take. Uh, so I just was like, you know what? I want to. I want a statement of principles. I want the idiot's guide to we're libertarians, so people understand. There's always going to be those drive-by commenters, those people who give no thought to what you've posted. Mm-hmm. They never read your article, never watch your video, and then they just make a comment based on whatever dumb thing is in their head. And those people are idiots. And for those people, when they try to bring up a stupid point, I want to give our great commenters, the the very good commenters and the fans and friends of the show, a guide as to what we really believe. I just kind of wanted to lay it all out there. So I wrote this up. Wrote up a little ditty, um, and I also created a completely new brand. <laughs> See, so when I, I just was thinking, you know, what I've really learned over the last three months, especially as I've dived back into the show prep. It's not that I didn't do show prep, but not like I'm doing now, where it's twenty to thirty hours a week and it's very intense. Uh, and there's a lot of output from all the news articles that mm-hmm. people like Harry read and I read and everybody who's involved in We Are Libertarians and our community that we've got. There's there's uh, a lot of information that kind of bubbles up as you are preparing to put a show together. And I had been posting that show prep to our Facebook page. Yes. Well, what's the problem with that, Harry? A lot of people, uh, just like you said, don't read the article. They just read the headline. Or since, and if it ha- and another one comment is, this has nothing to do with libertarianism. Exactly. Harry gets it. Yeah. Harry, my dog. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's why another reason we're like, I hate going to the Facebook page. Like, oh, and a lot of people go like, hey, won't you swear the Twitch feed? And it's like, no, no, those people are, no. I will go to the group and the Discord, but right. I will leave the main Facebook page alone. It's answer sometimes it, it, this and so there's a problem with the the interface is that it's designed for arguing it's not designed yep. for informing it's not designed for depositing show prep or, or thoughtful comments mm-hmm. based on my 15 years of media reporting and uh and politics uh i guess i should probably introduce myself like here's my expertise okay Here's why I feel I am qualified to comment on politics, on American politics. I was obsessed with it as a kid. I'm 34 as of this recording. Uh, And I remember skipping a movie while my family went in to watch a movie. I listened to the impeachment trial on the local NPR station of Bill Clinton. 
I went in in sixth or seventh grade to the trip to Washington D.C. and just stood on the Lincoln Memorial and fell in love with the city and politics. In 2002, I wrote like a 300-page guide of how American politics works. I just always loved it. I've always been obsessed with it. But I started volunteering for campaigns in 2002 and uh, worked within the Republican Party in low-level volunteer positions, some low-level paid staffing positions, and realized like, oh, they're stealing our yard. Like, the the gubernatorial candidate was stealing the candidate signs of the congressional race I was working for. They were both Republicans. That's when I went, and then they admitted it. And then mm-hmm. they were like, well, here's why we have a political reason to do that. And that's when I went, oh, maybe it's not all romanticized. Maybe it's all crooked. Uh, and so, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was president of the College Republicans in 2004 and went to CPAC 2003. So I was like a, a little, you know, diehard uh, Republican. And then I went to work at a news talk station as a reporter, producer, uh, and spent four years there. And a guy named Abdul Hakim Shabazz, along with the congressional candidate I worked with named Andy Horning, completely blew my little Rush Limbaugh mind. And I went, oh, okay, this is, uh, this. The, I've never heard the word libertarian, but this seems reasonable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still kind of was more of a centrist. I wasn't. I was. I kind of became politically homeless by 2007. I would say. Uh, but through those four years that I worked at the radio station as a reporter, I saw on the local level how politics actually worked. And I worked with somebody who's a very smart man in Abdul, who really taught me a lot. And I had a lot of conversations with elected officials, and I just saw like both sides because I still thought in terms of left and right, really just didn't, did, they were the same sides of, uh, of what's the phrase? You know, Two sides of the same coin. Two sides of the same coin. Right. Each wing, same bird, one bird. Exactly. Two wings, one bird. And so I started looking around. I, I flirted with Barack Obama as he was thinking about running for president. I flirted with Mike Huckabee. Like, I was politically homeless. I, you know, and then I saw Ron Paul. And I was like, that's my man. That's that's what I, that that guy's articulating what I believe. I get it now. And so I then went on to uh, get a job offer because I started talking to the Libertarian Party of Indiana saying, what's wrong with you guys? They said, well, we don't have an executive director, but we can't really pay anybody that much. I was like, I'm making $17,000 a year at the radio station, mm-hmm. can you beat that? And they're like, we can give you 20. I'm like, oh, big, <laughs> big money, yeah. So I then spent four years working with hundreds of candidates and county parties as the full-time executive director of the local Libertarian Party here in Indiana, traveled the state, had extensive experience uh, at the national level too, left there to go work at the uh, at an ad agency where my client was the advocates for self-government the I was essentially the marketing director of the marketing arm of the libertarian movement because they're the quiz people mm-hmm. spent a year trying to figure out my mandate was how do you take an, how do you take hitler to a libertarian within 2 minutes what's the process that you put someone through to get even hitler to decide that he's a libertarian mm. Which is a really impossible thing. Yeah, it sounds like, yeah. Yeah. Very authoritarian. Right. So how can you make somebody see the light in two minutes? And I spent a year working on that project, and it was such a great year to learn political messaging and to figure things out. 
then now I work at, at a major radio show as the digital director, uh, and we've done this for six years. It's overlapped everything since 2012, all those jobs. And We Are Libertarians has always kind of been my playground to figure out digital stuff and growing a platform, growing a show. But it, it's the great culmination of all these different experiences that I've had. And uh, I really I love doing this. And uh, we have a great community after six years. We are in the top 1% of all podcasts globally because uh, we have so many listeners, which is amazing to me. And, you know, it, it's this is the experience that I've built over 15 years. And I really try very hard to spend a lot of time prepping for this show. And if it comes out of my mouth on this show, I try to vet it. I try to fact check it. I try to make sure that I give all sides of an argument. I try to give you a fair look as well as what what's best for liberty and libertarianism and freedom. And... Uh, I'm not always right. You should fact check me just like you should fact check any media outlet. But mm -hmm. I do have experience with all this. So it is irritating to me <laughs> to go onto We Are Libertarians' Facebook page, have a, f a comment that I feel is backed up by my experience and my effort and the time that I have put into writing that thing to have it torn apart by somebody who has spent literally – Point one seconds thinking about the actual issue. They're just commenting. That reflex that we all have, and I do it too on social media, is very dangerous when it comes to politics because politics is life or death for so many people. It is an incredibly important thing. It is not nerd sports. It is in a way. Like we treat it like nerd sports. Who's going to win this race? Where's the horse race going? All that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, it is about who is managing government, which is an entity that kills people. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and uses force to steal people's stuff and kill them, if not done right. And uh, so what this show is really about is trying to determine what is the truth, trying to find where the bullshit is. I try not to cuss too much, but that's the best word for it trying to break down propaganda and lies in our politics from the left and the right, and trying to make you smarter when you're talking to your friends so you understand more. So that's really what this show has become about because of these experiences that I've had. So so that's that's where I'm coming from. Um, did I miss anything? That sounds about, you know, your entire experience for this. Yeah, but the, yeah, and and and, and, determ and your reaction to posting anything on the Facebook page. Yeah, and so I just, as a guy who's who's spent my career using social media, and that's become my expertise. That's why I've been able to work in a bunch of different, uh, like in radio, in in uh, local advertising and politics, is because I specialized in social media. Yeah, but I have to be honest, I just. I mean, you you know as well as I do, social media at this point is really more of a detriment than it is a help, and it just doesn't really do much in terms of building a platform anymore. Correct, yeah. It's very hard right now to if you wanted to 
go out and do a YouTube page or a Facebook page, you're not going to get the growth that it was, what, like four or three years ago, five years ago. Yeah, it what it's nowhere near it as it is anywhere. Like, um, just like you were saying, like on YouTube, that you can't get your photo, your video re- reviewed until you have what is it, like you said, like a thousand yeah, subscribers. So, so I managed to get our YouTube monetization freed up, but they had turned off monetization automatically because. And and I had to have a thousand views on a video, which we normally don't get on YouTube, mm-hmm. to even appeal the decision. And so YouTube just assumed, Google just assumed that we were a Nazi outlet mm-hmm. because we're not progressives. Right. You know, it, it really isn't even about or, progressive. It's, it's or they're in conservatives. Right. It, it's if you are if you're establishment, if you're yeah. independent media, you're hosed. But if you're connected to CNN or some big corporation. Then you're fine. Yeah, and it just shows you how connected the Young Turks are now. They used to yeah. be this independent organization. They're not anymore. No, no, they're establishment. Yeah, yeah. And one, and I'm not saying like all oh, your establishment establishment is bad. For those who've listened to the show, know it's like it just means you've showed up, you've done it for a while. Sure. Just like Jenk has done a uh, good for his platform. I don't agree with Jenk, but I'm just saying he's done good. He's done good for his brand. His the thing yeah. that he does, he's done good and he's built it up so he becomes he has become the establishment, whether he likes it or not. He's not yeah. independent, he's the establishment now. In many ways and I look at I look at people like uh the Young Turks and Ben Shapiro mm-hmm. and, and even Glenn Beck to some respect in, in terms of building your independent media outlet. Yeah. How do how do you do that? What what's what are they doing that's right or wrong? And and they're established names, and so it's easier for them to get the leg up on these big platforms, mm-hmm. but not not for smaller independents like us. Correct. Yeah, yeah. And it's um weird almost now to think of the, the almost Glenn Beck's network and the Blaze is like, wow, this is going to become the establishment. This is this. Yeah. this almost is the establishment conservatives on you know on the internet. You know? Oh, post a link to Glenn Beck on any on, on any social media. Oh, I'd take this seriously if it weren't Glenn Beck. It's like okay. Really? <laughs> if, why don't you listen? I posted an interview with a guy who was a lifelong career uh, a career man at D, at the Defense Department who was head of the UFO program and who ha- who seemed very credible to me. Who And Glenn Beck did a great interview. Nobody listened to it because it was glennbeck.com. And Would well, have been Joe Rogan. Right, exactly. Glenn Beck is libertarian-leaning. He is more libertarian than Ben Shapiro. Yes, like listen, leaps and bounds. Listen to Glenn Beck when it comes to foreign policy versus Ben Shapiro when it's foreign policy. Uh, while he said a lot of crazy stuff in 2010, the man is on TV and radio for 50 hours, for five hours a day, six hours a day. In in that much time, there is one instance where I could take anything you say out of context, and I'm sure. At the time, he was saying that stuff and had a reason for it. Mm-hmm. it. It's it's discounting media. It's not just a Glenn Beck thing. It is it is just this whole notion of writing off entire media outlets. Well, it's the New York Times. I'm not going to listen to them. Like they're the most authoritative news outlet in the country. Mm-hmm. And they're, do they print? Do they make mistakes? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Do they have a bias? Absolutely. Does it mean that their voice is worth less? No. They are to be listened to, which we'll get into some of these principles because it, it, it just it's these principles and this show have come out of my frustration with how independent media operates, how people respond to media in this day and age. And uh, I, I'm trying to create a community of smarter people. Mm-hmm. 
And we are very fortunate in our Discord channel, our Facebook group, our listenership to attract people who want to think critically. Mm -hmm. That's what I want. Like, I just decided, like, what's the way to 100,000 likes, 300,000 likes? I don't want that. I don't care. Mm -hmm. I want smart people that are contributing to our community. Yep, a community, Uh, yeah. And I just am, I'm, like, I just, I, I don't care about the uh i don't want to be famous i don't care about that like what i care about is having a lot of people listening to my voice because what i'm saying is different Mm -hmm. and is right like because i've tried to find where the the truth lies and figured out what's the best thing for liberty right in in analyzing current events and news so that's what i'm trying to do and um, so having rethought, like really re- rethinking a lot of things about how we do stuff, uh, and th- kind of throwing out what worked three years ago to mm-hmm. build this, uh, well, those things aren't working now. And one of those things is again, social media, like Facebook because of Russiagate is now, um, not only are they scared to death of governments, they're now working with governments. Glenn Greenwald at The Intercept today talked about how they're just deleting accounts of the most horrendous people, uh, Chechen warlords. Like those people, you don't want those people on your platform, but they're doing it to curry favor with the American government. And one of the principles of free speech is that they go after the most horrendous people first Mm -hmm. and they carve out mechanisms that can then be used to erode everybody's freedom later. And nibble away at that cookie till that cookie of free speech is gone, and so there, there's it's an interesting conversation with Facebook. But I've really just come to a, a place where why am I spending my time and my voice promoting the platforms of Facebook and Twitter and YouTube when they don't care about me? They don't care about our interest as we are libertarians. Uh, they don't care about whether our voice matters or not. And why am I building uh, channels on things that I don't own? Yes, that too. <laughs> you know, and so it really that it, they could also end at any time. At any time, and Facebook's considering changing things to putting pages on a tab instead of in your newsfeed. Well, that means you will never see we are libertarians or any page that you love. Mm-hmm. Again, it, it, and so it's to keep people from using their platforms. Well, that mm-hmm. sucks. So we're now back to the 90s where you build channels you own, like your website and your email list. Mm-hmm. So, yep. And that's why, like, uh, the Discord's a great place for that, for that chat room. Right. And it's almost like it almost feels like we're going to be that close that we may have to get these to build us a BBS. <laughs> well, you're, it's always <laughs> going to be evolving. And so if you can, if, if, you as a listener, as a person who loves what we do at We Are Libertarians and likes the information that we give out, uh, if if you will sign up for our email list, I'm, I'm going to send you these mm-hmm. thoughts that I have and that other people that write for us have and news and libertarian-leaning stuff that I think is interesting. Sign up for our email list. I'm going to start sending out emails and posting to our website and then posting that stuff to social media. Because I'm done building channels, like 5% of your page. You can have 100,000 people on your Facebook page, max 5,000 people will see your post. Wow. There's 100 people that like wall politics right now. 
five people saw the post today. I didn't see any of the posts from Well Politics. Right. And the way around that is if you like a page, go to the page where you see the like, click the little arrow, and then click see first. And then it'll show up in your news feed. So any any page that you like or person that you like, see them first. Not necessarily. That breaks them. It, sometimes that doesn't work. Mm. It's a bug in the system. Right. I'm doing air quotes with people watching live uh, or listening. Sorry, not people watching live. No. Anyways, yeah. Sometimes that doesn't work. You can do that. There's several different pages I have like that, and you don't see them. They right. just don't do it. Yeah. And that's the way the beauty of the email list is that you get it all contained there on the list. Mm-hmm. And if anything happens, just like we said, like um, those platforms die. Let's say... Uh, you know, Zuck hangs up his, you know, gets get upset and deletes Facebook tonight. Right. Guess what? That email list, that's your email, and you like yeah. you can find out where we went. You know, or if um, you know, Google finally shuts down YouTube because Google shuts down things all the time, even though they're popular mm-hmm. and makes them money. They don't care. Well, that's why we moved off FeedBurner. I mean, they just, yeah. these these big companies don't care. I can get a hold of Mailchimp. I can get a hold of Bluehost. Well, like with Bluehost and, I can't up and with uh, Mailchimp, what they're using are federated protocols. So, like, that's just email. Mm-hmm. You can go anywhere if it need be. You know, you could buy me a bunch of uh, French fries and uh, coffee, and I sit there and I just boot us an email server up. Right, but I'm not doing that. Don't don't know. No. We got Mailchimp, but that's just saying these are federated protocols. So they, it's. It doesn't do them any good. These are just things that you can go anywhere with. So they right. have to, you know, they placate to you. When it comes to Google, Facebook, Twitter, it's you have to come to us. Ha, 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 ha. We make the rules. Well, which is why I have a real problem with people like, uh, e- yes, GoDaddy and Google and Cloudflare can shut off the Daily Stormer and erase these people from the Internet, but should they? Uh the the quickest way to not be afraid of a Nazi is to meet a Nazi and listen to what they have to say. Mm-hmm. Like the the quickest way to not be afraid of Nazi ideology is to meet the people who practice Nazi ideology. They're the most pathetic human beings on the planet. People who are KKK members are pathetic human beings. And anytime you're exposed to those people, you realize what a raging piece of crap these human beings are. Like you, you, you should be exposed to these ideas, mm-hmm. and you should wrestle with these ideas. Because then, once you do that, and you have a proliferation of ideas, you realize Nazism and communism and KKKism are bad, mm-hmm. and they don't make sense. Right. And so, when a GoDaddy or a Cloudflare decides to, and every other ISP and and uh, it, it's server. not not ISP, but server hosting, company, yeah. hosting company, thank you, decides to delete the Daily Stormer, well, that in itself is is violating the net neutrality pledges that they all uphold. But that's a scary thing, because what if uh, I watch Star Wars? I watch the, the, the newer three, the one, two, three of the saga, um, you know, and at the end, in the only good one, The Revenge of the Sith, where... You know, he basically turns the Jedi into the the bad guys. They're the traitors to the Republic. Well, all that's very, very much based in how human thought and crowd psychology works. Mm-hmm. Like, all that stuff works. You know, we're talking about the... Uh, so, anyways, I'm on a tangent now. Jedi, the Jedis were dicks. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Mace Windu was a dick. Um, so... I uh, <laughs> three drinks and get political. I am the Senate. <laughs> so, uh, so I've done a, a couple things. Um, first, we are libertarians.com is your home for everything we are libertarians, 
and everything libertarian. It is your complete guide to libertarianism. It is a, your complete guide to all of our podcasts. It will remain that way. This show will not change in any way, shape, or form. Okay, I'm done tweaking the shows. The only change that I might make is I might change this Tuesday show where we do the news recap to the Thursday. So that comes out Friday. News recap on a Friday makes sense. And then Tuesday it's easier to get more co-hosts. So that may be the only change that I, I do. But the political commentary and the straight political news is now going to wall politics. W-A-L politics.com okay now why why two sites why two brands first and to be candid the most important is that if in the future i plan to go cover presidential primaries for instance mm -hmm. and if i apply to get credentials to a political event as we are libertarians they're going to say no because it's inherently political mm -hmm. it's inherently partisan so if it's WAL politics, they're more likely to give us credentials so we can go to those events. Uh, and this is just based on my experience as the media, as an, a person who has issued credentials and been on both sides of that. Like, hmm. if you see, if you are a liberal outlet and I want to go cover a Democratic presidential, you know, just to kind of figure out what is going on in these presidential primaries, they're going to say no. But I have a better shot if it's WAL politics. That's, that's the biggest reason. Second reason is that there's two stages. There's multiple stages of being a libertarian. Like, I'm 10 years down the road, so, like, I'm woke as fuck, right? And newer people, newer people want to learn philosophy, right? Yeah. And they want to learn, um, you know, even some longer libertarians want to learn, what does Hayek say about this? Or they want stuff that they can share on their Facebook. They want libertarian Ooh. philosophy stuff. They want... That's where we. That's what WeAreLibertarians.com is going to do. We're going to share a lot of stuff that is libertarian movement, libertarianism centric. All right. The red meat. <laughs> exactly. Good for beginners, but mm -hmm. also the red meat for what libertarians say about X. Yeah. Because what I would get on the Facebook page is this is embarrassing libertarians. This is not what libertarians think. Well, according to your definition, bro. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, sorry, bro. This is wearelibertarians.com is going to be libertarian focused. WALpolitics.com is going to be politics and news that I find interesting and want to share, but not necessarily libertarian. And there will be commentary and stuff like that. So like today I posted the uh, article from uh, Glenn Greenwald about Facebook and working with the American government. Not necessarily a libertarian thing, but it, it, it's interesting to us who are libertarians. But it might turn off a conservative, let's say, who wants to learn about libertarianism, right? Mm -hmm. the, oh, that intercept and that Glenn Greenwald's a traitor. That's right here. That's <laughs> right. now. That's so, that Stone had to go to Russia. So I'm just trying to put things in different buckets instead of keeping them all in the same bucket to maximize the ease of finding information and also b growing new libertarians more effectively. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's what those two websites are going to be. Uh, the ChrisBengel.com website will be more personal stuff, and the Chris Bengel Show will continue to be a hodgepodge of things that I uh, want to talk about but may not necessarily be libertarian or politically related. Uh, or if we just can't fit stuff in here, I might put it in there. So 
So that's the changes that I, I would ask you to go to WALpolitics.com, sign up for the email newsletter, like the Facebook page, like the new Twitter, like any of that stuff. You know, Follow me on Facebook. All the links are in the email newsletter that you can get, uh, and I will be sending that not every day but several times a week, just sort of at the end of the day. Here's the stuff that I found interesting. Are the YouTube channels going to change? Or you do like a vlog on there about stuff? Or? There will be. There are three YouTube channels. There's We Are Libertarians, which will continue to be the full video of these shows. Mm-hmm. WAL Politics will be, again, more focused on that brand. And then Chris Bangle, Chris Bangle my YouTube channel is whatever I want, right? Okay. Uh, which is, you know, I posted a video of the... Uh, uh, Soviet national anthem of with me and a babushka, so which was <laughs> silly, uh, but I thought was funny. Um, so yeah, there, there, there's as I when I launch any brand, I reserve all of that social media and create all of that social media according to that brand because I just I'm a brand Nazi. Just okay. damn brand, right? Exactly. Oh, um, so so that led me to so that's a little bit about me. That's a little bit about our brands and what we do here. Uh, the We Are Libertarians podcast is the most important thing we do. It is the biggest thing that we do. It is going to continue to be the biggest thing that we do. And it has transformed over several years and had many different co-hosts and uh, is more of a round table of people chatting with each other about politics. We do one news recap episode a week where we kind of dive into the the big stories of the week and give you our perspective. And then we do one longer form show where we kind of take one subject and talk about it like friends would at, at a dinner party or hanging around, mm-hmm. you know, talking or at a bar or whatever. Yeah. So that's, that's what those two shows are. We have other podcasts that you can listen to, trying to talk Harry into podcasting all the time. I just get nervous. You know, it's so much easier to, to do the wall podcast because, you know, Chris picks topics. I research them. I put topics up. He just gives me a yay or nay. I don't have to set a mic up. I don't have to make sure the mic because I'm kind of tone deaf. I have no, like, if you ever listen to my feed, like, if I'm on Twitch or something like that, and you think it sounds like crap, tell me. I, I can't hear it. It sounds fine to me. Right. You know, no, it, it sounded good. You know, that's why I always tell people, it's like, this, oh, that sounds perfect. You know, it's, that's another reason why I don't like doing it because it's like, oh, I don't want to set up a board. I don't want to set up a side. I'd rather just talk in front of a microphone and walk up and just do it. It's so much easier. Yeah. And, you know, and, and like, let I, Spangle do all the work. Well, let, that, that, let that sucker do all the work. It's like a group project. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but we have great patrons. If you, yes. if you love our work and you want to support our work, all this stuff that we do, all these websites, all that. I mean, I spent 20 hours building, 20, 40 hours at some point over the break, just building out this new brand and all the stuff that goes with it and making it look pretty uh, and all that good stuff. So, And I get, to, I get to do all that stuff because I have the resources now to do it because our Patreon pays for all that stuff. So people who pay $5, $10, well, heck, $1, $5, Ten dollar, twenty five, and a hundred dollars a month—that all funds all of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're helping invest in a new media outlet that's uh, doing some cool stuff, and will continue to inform you and keep you armed with all kinds of interesting things that you need to know. And uh, in exchange for the the content that we give you, listen, somebody's paying for all this. Mm-hmm. Used to be me paying five, six hundred dollars a month out of my pocket, and then. 
the patrons blessed, literally blessed me by uh, taking over the, the cost of running this. So, and in exchange, we give you like an extra episode a week. I know. We that should. is only available on our Patreon. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's an hour of Harry and I talking. About some of the coolest stuff I would, you know. Feminism and ex- <laughs> an extra show on some of my favorite podcasters. It's, yeah, it's, the, it's, it's worth the $5 a month. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. Um, so, that being said, I want to talk a little bit, now that we've described what the podcast is, I want to talk about the 10 principles of this podcast. Okay, I put it in in tens. All good things come in tens, the mm-hmm. 10 commandments. I want you a, to, t- a ten pack at, at White Castle. I left Facebook when I was trying to. I was making a Ten Commandment meme with you coming down the <laughs> the, the mountains with this, and then but when I but comment number th- yeah when we get to it three when I read someone mentioned that on the Facebook page there's like nope I'm just walking away from this <laughs> done left Facebook I closed Photoshop I was like nope just Discord only <laughs> so these are the ten principles that I use when putting together a show and managing our community when analyzing the news but mostly like here's the prison that I try to look through everything so Harry can you read principle number one please principle number one first and foremost we ask what is best for liberty there are many strains of libertarianism but ours is best defined by David Bowie's article titled key concepts of libertarianism our philosophy is determined by these concepts. Individualism, individual rights, spontaneous order, limited government, free markets, the virtue of production, the natural harmony of interest, peace. As a result, we believe in capitalism, non-interventionism, and American constitutionalism. Libertarians often term this as minarchism. Now, you just keep that over there. I'm going to have you did a beautiful job of reading that. Now Harry is an anarchist, right? Yes. Yeah. So that doesn't that doesn't jive with what Harry believes necessarily. That's what I believe. Mm-hmm. Okay. But that's why it's we are libertarians with Chris Spangle, and Harry is my co-host, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. So Harry is an anarchist, mm-hmm. but I believe in having many different voices, which we will get to, I think, in the next point. But this is what I believe. I am a minarchist. I believe that I was listening. I was driving. Uh, on New Year's Eve down to Bloomington, Indiana, and I was listening to this debate between an anarchist and a minarchist uh, about self-defense, or national defense, okay. private national defense versus granting the state the use of force in mm-hmm. protecting the nation. The anarchist, Robert Murphy, wonderful man, mm-hmm. this was a Tom Woods episode that was recent, in in late 2017 in December uh Robert Murphy's brilliant Tom Woods is brilliant I love I have nothing bad to say about them but Robert Murphy was not convincing in any way shape or form I have a hard time buying into things like national defense and even local defense and courts being administered by you know private private institutions okay so what anarcho-capitalists believe is that you would have insurance and there would be private corporations that would defend the nation. I have a hard time with that. <laughs> and I think the, the uh, I think his name is Todd, and that episode did a great job of outlining why it just doesn't work. 
Uh, I, I've had Walter Block, who's one of the greatest libertarian philosophers of the 21st century and 20th century, try to explain private courts to me, and I just couldn't get there. So I am just not an anarcho-capitalist. I'm not an anarchist, and there are a lot of libertarians who are not anarchists. Mm-hmm. I'm a friend. I'm friends with a lot of anarchists. They're usually sometimes lovely people. Um, a lot of them are assholes. <laughs> but <laughs> oh yeah, yes they are. So if if you believe that there should be some level of the state, and that there should be, you know, that your take because our fundamental principle is the NAP. All right, the national, the non-aggression principle, which is that you will not initiate for you don't initiate force unless force is initiated upon you. Essentially, I, I, last I, time I, I brought up the nap, I got in trouble. It, go ahead, bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> Preach to me your nap. No, yeah, yeah, but just a clarification. I, I'm not an ANCAP. I just want to put that out there. Don't put me in there with those right. black and yellow. This I is, may have black and yellow buttons on. That's because I like the products. But see, me. this is the problem with anarchists. This is how you know you're really libertarian. Well, you're too libertarian to claim any strain of libertarianism. Mm-hmm. Like, I just have my own beliefs. I have my own beliefs. Right. Triple black. <laughs> I, I, I just don't think that works for people, and I think you have to try and give people who are giving you an hour's worth of evaluation, something to hold on to. And so I am somebody who believes in the Constitution of the United States of America. I think it is as close to a libertarian government that you can get that makes sense. I think it is the Constitution and the Constitutional Republic drawn up by the founders and the Bill of Rights are a beautiful statement of what a libertarian government would look like now roger paxton of the lava flow podcast would argue with me because he'd say any government force is wrong because government is inherently forcing someone to do something they don't want to do and i understand that Mm -hmm. but i also don't think that that works with human nature currently currently right currently yes absolutely currently and any and and if the united states government was Keeping strict with the uh, with the Constitution, most anarchists could live underneath that type of banner comfortably, Absolutely. and be able to d- live their life underneath it. Sure, um, it's because one, you know, most anarchists like a, uh, will tell you that I'm not going to force you into anarchy. If you don't mm-hmm. want it, that's cool. That's fine with you. If you want to have a government, that's also come. That's also fine. As long as it's voluntary. That's the other thing with it. It's like you volunteer. You, uh, it's going to. I'm going to going to go in the weeds but all right give me give me give me one quick point give me the elevator pitch go Uh, ahead i'm just saying is like if if the gov if you just want limited government right Mm -hmm. most anarchists was like that's fine as long as you do that over there (laughs) right you know and i won't force you to have no government what i'm gonna have right but if I'm going to interact with you and play in your system and play your games, I have to play with you, then I have to play by your rules while I'm playing with you. Right. That's simply what that is. Uh, and I totally understand that. Yeah. And, and I understand that any, any level of government I, is force. Yeah. It is the initiation of force mm-hmm. against an individual, mm-hmm. and it is forcing them to do things that they might not necessarily want to do, and I want to get... That to well, as little as possible. Well, yeah, yeah. That's the way a lot of people would tell me is like, well, the, you know, be warlords will take over the land. I'm like, well, technically, in my belief, there is a warlord. It's just this warlord's, yeah, it's kind of nice. It's got a nice velvet glo- glove and lets me like make decisions on how they're going to threaten me. Right. But you know, so in the, it's just more of like how you see things and what glasses you put on and how you see it. Sure. So the if if libertarians just believe if if I as a libertarian, final point, go ahead. 
I'm just saying, and this is what I believe, and that's why I try to leave a lot of that. I bring it up for quick opinions or I put it away because this is a libertarian podcast, and this is what it's about. So, like, I will, I have no problem answering questions and bringing that up, but, like, I try to keep that at the door because this is a libertarian podcast. This is what sure. we're discussing on. You know, an anarchist's position on a lot of politics is kind of moot. You know, who do you care? It's the government. Right. I find most anarcho-capitalists or anarcho- libertarian anarchists, they're, well, what is a libertarian? It's the absence of government. Okay, well, that's one definition. Mm -hmm. So if you're not going to define it that way, how do you define it? And I feel David Bowes, who is the the head of the Cato Institute, which is a very good institute, uh, along with Mises, the Foundation for Economic Education and Fee, um, or Reason, all do great, great jobs. Love Fee books. Fee, Fee is great. Mises is great. Reason is great. Cato is great. Those are great outlets. And David K- David uh, Bowes wrote a book called Libertarianism. Uh, it's now called The Libertarian Mind, and it's seven ver- second version. It's a sort of pretty yellow cover. But in it, he defined it based on key seven principles. What is libertarianism based on seven principles? And I felt that it was just very clear. It was a very clear statement of what libertarians believe beyond just the absence of government. And first and foremost is individualism. So everything that I, how I view culture, politics, everything is what is best for the individual. As he says, uh, we see the individual as the basic unit of social analysis, and only individuals make choices and are responsible for their actions. Uh, This is, again, Google key concepts of libertarianism. If you want to read through it, it's great. Um, Every individual has dignity and is important and it is it's not societies it's not the blacks or the whites or the rich it is every individual individualism is number two in or individual rights number two because individuals are moral agents they have a right to be secure in their life liberty and property these rights are not granted by government or by society they are inherent in the nature of human beings so you saw it in the tax debate where Democrats basically come out and say, oh, well, the government is losing money and how could you be so selfish and uh, the rich are getting richer and uh, they're stealing from all of us. As if 100% of your income, and income really is just another way to measure the output of your labor. When I go to work today and I spend eight hours, well, let's be honest, six and a half hours working that that six and a half hour four okay four hours of working is the output of my labor it's it's it, it you you own that mm-hmm. and so 100 percent of what you make as an individual the output of your hands or your mind is yours they see it as 100 percent the government's and then they let you have 40 percent and they mm-hmm. take 60. so they believe that rights come from the government it's called positive rights, where the government is the is the uh, moral agent of good. It, 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 without regulation, uh, you just have robber barons. Whereas libertarians really view it as individuals will act in ways that benefit not only themselves but also others, because self-interest is a very powerful motivator. Oh yes, yeah. In every system, you see it under. 
Right. You know, even communism, you see, you know, like the self-centered mo- motivation that people have on it. Right. Just like when people try to say, like, well, like, this is why you people get greedy and keep money away. Well, well you know, those people still exist under communism. Yes. You know, they, they just hoard different things, like it's, food. It's, it's why Kim Jong-un has 18 houses, but his people are eating bark off of trees. It's because... He's just greedy. Yeah. They're greedy. They all have interest in wanting to eat. He just has more resources because he's stolen from his people. Yeah. Like Hugo Chavez's uh, his daughter is one of the richest people in Venezuela and why she's got she's out of there. She's right. not there anymore. So if you have no government directing traffic essentially, then how would how would society be organized? Well, it'd be through spontaneous order. Does the government sit down with ducks every day and teach them how to fly in a V? (laughs) Do uh, roundabouts? You don't need a stoplight to tell you when, even though... Carmel's putting one up. Right. (laughs) So spontaneous order uh, is sort of uh, an esoteric concept. So let me read this. A great degree of order in society is necessary for individuals to survive and flourish. So you have to have some level of organization in society because we are social creatures, Mm -hmm. right? It's easy to assume that order must be imposed by a central authority, the way we impose order on a stamp collection or a football team. So you have a general manager. Well, they oppose order, and if the GM's not doing well, you kick him out. The great insight of libertarian social analysis is that order in society arises spontaneously out of the actions of thousands or millions of individuals who coordinate their actions with those of others in order to achieve their purposes. Over human history, we have gradually opted for more freedom and yet managed to develop a complex society with intricate organization. The most important institutions in human history, language, law, money, and markets, all develop spontaneously without central direction. Civil society, the complex network of associations and connections amongst people, is another example of spontaneous order. So let's take English, for instance. Without a central authority to impose English, how did it develop? It developed spontaneously. Our very language is a great example of how humans, in order to survive and flourish, will create these institutions that will allow them to survive and flourish without central authority guiding them. Same with law. Mm-hmm. So how do we arrange society in a way that benefits everybody? Uh, I mentioned law, the rule of law. Um, libertarianism is not libertinism or hedonism, he writes. It is not a claim that people can do anything they want to and nobody else can say anything. Rather, libertarianism proposes a society of liberty under law in which, sorry, I dropped my paper, individuals are free to pursue their own lives so as long as they respect the equal rights of others. The rule of law means that individuals are governed by generally applicable and spontaneously developed legal rules, not by arbitrary commands. Uh, and that those rules should protect the freedom of individuals to pursue happiness in their own ways, not aim at any particular result or outcome. So what we have in the rule of men currently, well, the rule of law versus rule of men, all right? So King Henry VIII, it was rule of man. King Henry VIII was king, and he what he said went. And he had all the soldiers to back up his word. So he could force you to do whatever he wanted you to do. And... That was acceptable in the early days of man. And as time went on, especially over the last 500 years, as people started to realize that they had power, the rule of man started to drift into the rule of law where, okay, we're going to have representatives craft these rules 
so that those in power can abuse their power and that everybody knows what the rules are. They're all written down and they're making us as free as possible. And isn't it amazing that as you move from the rule of man to the rule of law, you have more freedom. And when you, a society drifts back to totalitarianism, they become less free and less prosperous. So we must always be fighting for the rule of law because I think a lot of times libertarians think that we just exist in a state like we because in our minds we just think well we exist in freedom and it's not fair that somebody else is imposing their rule on me and I agree with you I didn't sign a social contract when I was born I didn't just wake up and say I agree as a baby to abide by the laws of the United States mm-hmm. I was born a free man a free individual who should have been able to chart my own course, good or bad. Uh, I am privileged and and blessed to live in the United States of America and not India. Oh, yeah. Where you, you still have, in many parts, a very corrupt local government. It's rule of man. It's, it's, it's not as free as the United States. It's not as economically prosperous. But we still have a lot of progress to go. But if you study history, you begin to appreciate your place in history, how blessed you are to afford a phone that will play We Are Libertarians, where two guys can sit in an apartment in Indianapolis, Indiana, and criticize the government, and King Henry VIII and his agents are not going to knock down the door in prison and hang us. That's freedom. So let's appreciate that somewhat. And make sure that we leave the next generation. It's just, you know, the the tree of liberty needs to be watered by the blood of tyrants. The point was not that you should have a bloody violent revolution. Thomas Jefferson intended that every generation must learn what freedom means, what liberty means, and then make sure that they leave it better than they found it. And so you as a listener to We Are Libertarians, you're, you're starting that process here. Right, because we don't advocate violence. That's very far from anything that we ever agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, violence, not just in the political sense, but violence in sort of the indirect sense. Uh, you you'll hear taxation is theft. Yes. Well, Harry, is it? If I put my hand in your pocket, what's it called? And I steal your wallet. What is that called? It's um the theft. That's theft. Unless, yeah. Okay. So it's wrong, morally, for me to put my hand in your pocket and take your money. Yes. Because that money, again, is a, is your property based Correct. on the output of your labor. Correct. Okay. Well, I've got a problem. I want your money. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's see. What is it okay if I have, let's say, uh, let's say a guy named Bob is here, and Bob's my friend, and I ask Bob to put his hand in your pocket and take your wallet. Is that morally okay for me to do? No. Why? Because it's still theft. It's still theft. Yeah. But let's say Bob and I, and we're all at a party, and you're there, and uh, we vote on whether or not the money in your wallet Mm -hmm. is mine or not. And the majority of the people there vote in favor of me. And so they democratically give your money to me. How do you feel about that? That's a lot of theft there. Right. It's a lot of theft. Okay, so... Let's say I take your wallet, mm-hmm. but I, in exchange for your wallet, I just take your money, I give you your wallet back, and in exchange for the money, I give you, let's say, a bicycle. Is that okay? I don't want a bicycle, and it's theft. Right. 
So extrapolate those personal moral values that Harry and I have to a larger society, <laughs> and then you start to see why taxation is theft and why the rule of law is important. We must agree that these things are not permissible, and, and it's also why we say a vote is an extension of your values. So I vote Libertarian Party a lot of the time. Why? Because they're closer to the hand being out of my pocket than a Republican or a Democrat. But what if Hillary wins? Well, so be it. My personal moral values, my personal values will not be compromised based on a false choice mm -hmm. when another better option is available. So I don't believe in the wasted vote because a vote is an extension of your values. And for me to say that that uh, Donald Trump, somebody that I agree with 50% of the time, is a better moral choice than Gary Johnson, who I agree with 90% of the time, I just I don't buy that. So it's, it's an extension of my personal values. Um, limited government. If we are to have government, then it should be limited. It, it exists only to protect rights. Uh, it, it exists to protect individuals from governments, from it becoming more tyrannical. Uh, and we all know that government is a dangerous institution that can grow very quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, power corrupts. And so we want to divide and limit power whenever we can. It's why we have 50 states instead of one state. And it's a betrayal to start arguing that the, the president should have more power when really we should be arguing that the legislatures and the county seats should have more power than the president because we have easier access to it. We believe in free markets. You take something like the pencil, okay? The pencil spontaneously grew. There was a need and people needed to write stuff down. They became more literate. Why did they become more literate? Well, somebody like Vanderbilt comes along, Vanderbilt and Rockefeller and Andrew Carnegie and the so-called robber barons of the day mm -hmm. uh, changed society for the better by making kerosene cheaper so whales are saved and you're not using whale blubber so you can stay up longer. The lamp lasts longer, so then you are able to stay up longer and read and then you start to write more and people become literate. Well, now we need something to write with. This ink's really messy. What if we had a little uh, piece? Well, the slate writes really well. But my hand gets all dirty, so how can I make the slate, uh, the it's slate and the pencil, right? Graphite. Graphite. So this graphite, graphite gets my hand all dirty, so what if I wrap some wood around it? Oh, I made a mistake. You know what's really cool? This rubber tree helps me erase the, mm -hmm. the graphite. What if I take this and I put, well, the rubber comes from South America or Africa or somewhere foreign. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't here in Indiana, that's for sure. And the, the wood comes from uh, Indiana. The graphite comes from South America or Africa or somewhere foreign. And the metal is made in Pennsylvania. And then you wrap it all together. I've just mangled eye pencil. I'm sorry, Leonard Reed. But the point stands. Nobody set out one day and said, you know what? I'm going to fly to eight different continents, mm -hmm. if there were eight continents. I'm doing my Barack Obama. And I'm flying to all 57 states. I, I'm going to fly to... We've got Atlantis. Um right. <laughs> Kathmandu. <laughs> if you, I've got a, I'm gonna, I want, I have this idea for this pencil. I'm going to fly to three different continents and build this abstract thing that I'm not really sure about. No, the markets put together the pencil. All right. And if you want a great, you, you really want to understand this, then look up I 
comma, pencil by Leonard Reed, and, and it explains it much better than I did. But it's it's you take this thing, you take graphite, and then someone else down the line wraps wood around it, and then someone else down the line puts rubber on it and wraps some metal around it, and then eventually you have this product that is sold, and that's 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 the market working, okay? Mm-hmm. The iPhone. The market the iPhone was introduced, touch phones were created, uh, music was put on phones for the first time. I, I'm literally just trying to make Android people mad right now. Uh, Apple created every great uh, piece of technology on the smartphone and revolutionized an entire industry. Mm-hmm. Just by having the smartphone technology, you you have Samsung in, in the market, Google's in the market, you have App markets that are created Mm -hmm. people there's jobs created rapidly over the course of 20 years because you have a fast moving market yeah the idea of trying to go back to what 20 years ago like i make apps on a device that people carry around their right yeah okay (laughs) uh the virtue of production um essentially goes back to that idea that harry's money is his because he put time and labor into it and so therefore the production of his labor is his and uh you know a couple hundred years ago <laughs> uh harry's labor probably wouldn't have been his back in the day so mm-hmm. oh that's right your family was slave traders yeah and I actually found out one one branch of my family more stuff for my mother that apparently one of them uh, came over to england in 18, around, around, what was it, ah, what was it, 17-something, because he fought against the United States. <laughs> <laughs> he fought for the British side. That's so funny. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so, so yeah, you if you take something like a we surf. Branches. You learned about serfs in seventh grade world history. Well, those people worked for a lord, and those people worked for a king, and the king was at the head of production values. Well, that's not not what libertarians believe. We believe that if it comes out of your brain and off of your hands, it's yours. Uh, Natural harmony of interests. Essentially, if you want stuff in a libertarian society, you have to treat people well, right? So Mm -hmm. you you have to... uh, have a natural harmony of interest amongst people, productive people, uh, peaceful, productive people, sorry. Uh, it's when you start handing out rewards based uh, on a, a political order where then people start having to take over the government to protect their beliefs and to defend from other people forcing them to bake gay Nazi cakes, right? So like that's a very clear example of two people walk into a bake shop one per they say no i don't want to bake you a cake they go oh walk down the street go to another cake everyone's happy his beliefs are respected their beliefs are are are, they feel slighted but at the end of the day they get the product they wanted to buy from somebody that wants to work with them instead now because the government is involved they're taking their time and the and the production the, the the value of their production, their money, and using it to sue each other, right, you know? Yeah. So they're having to defend their beliefs because political power is being used. Mm-hmm. Uh, peace. Yeah, the force of government. Peace is very important. This is really the big... You may listen to somebody like Ben Shapiro and go, that's very libertarian. I agree. I really... I'm a subscriber to The Daily Wire. I like, I like Ben Shapiro, okay? 
Um, Ad blocker on point on his website, though. Right. But the problem is that once you get to, you know, he called Ron Paul an isolationist today, which is my pet peeve. It's mm-hmm. every libertarian's pet peeve. Ron Paul's not an isolationist. Ron Paul believes that you should trade with North Korea and Iran and other nations or not. I mean, you can say, I don't want to trade with you. That's mm-hmm. your nation's right. But if you did trade with the North Korea, the economic uh, output would be a revolution in their country because they wouldn't be able to steal that much. Right. It would raise the lower, it would raise the, the bottom floor mm-hmm. in those countries. North Korea is isolationist. They won't trade with other countries unless absolutely necessary. They won't allow their citizens to leave or enter the borders. That is, a, that is an isolationist country. Ron Paul is a non-interventionist. He believes that we are not to get involved in foreign wars and insert ourselves. This idea of American power, for instance, the idea that if there is a civil war going on in, a, in Syria, that we are the ones to settle the civil war. Well, we maybe we had the ability in the 80s to settle that civil war, but we no longer have that ability and so we really need to stop trying to project American power onto other people. And the best way to achieve peace is to start focusing on growing our economy and stop focusing on growing the economies of other nations in by investing American dollars in foreign aid and selling right. them weapons and trying to perpetuate war. Yeah, because uh, when United States does the I'm sending foreign aid or we're going to go over there to dig wells, we're going to go over there and buy them things, you're screwing with their economy. Right. Because now no one there locally can do that. Right. You just just outsourced like probably someone's family that was doing this. Yes. You know, they're out. You know, that farmer that was you know, like, I'm going to make all, I'm gonna make all this money growing all this food. Well, we brought food. Well, no one's going to buy my, you know, $15 corn. Well, and that's the problem. War it not only kills people, it destroys things, and it disrupts family and economic life. Mm-hmm. It puts hands in the power of the ruling class. Yep. Uh, it doesn't, you know, it, it's going back to that Star Wars mm-hmm. uh, incident. Yeah. You you see the greatest accumulation of power by central governments during times of war. Mm-hmm. You see the Bush administration creating this spying apparatus that allows them le- "Quote unquote legally to spy on every American citizen violating the Fourth Amendment, and everyone goes along with it because it's in the name of safety and security. Yep. So it, it's it's a scourge that should be avoided. And by American power being projected on these other countries, we really make ourselves less safe. And it just is a continuing growth of the industrial military complex, as Eisenhower warned against." that creates a perpetual state of war. So th- those are some of the funda- foundational principles. I wish I had explained a lot of them better, but uh, I invite you to go read The Libertarian Mind by David Bowes, somebody far more eloquent than I am. Uh, but please check that out. That is the first principle. These are the principles, the philosophical principles that we use when we're looking at these things. Does it promote peace? Does intervention in Syria and in the Civil War promote peace? No, because what happened is as we started to fund rebels, Russia saw an opportunity to fund Assad to project their own Russian power and say to the world, we are now going to protect our interests and we are going to start funding and start building, rebuilding the Russian Empire. And then you end up with a proxy war. 
Mm-hmm. Well, that hasn't been good for Syria. That hasn't been good for American taxpayers. That hasn't been good for Russian taxpayers. And worst of all, it's just killed a lot of children. It's killed, mm-hmm. I think, 500,000 people. So it's it's been a significant problem. So uh, that that's how we view things. So principle number two, Harry, if you would read number two. Principle number two. All contributions towards moving society in this direction are valued. We are nonpartisan. Our founder, Chris Spangle, spent four years working for the Libertarian Party of Indiana and votes Libertarian the majority of the time. Many of our co-hosts are Republicans. Some are former Democrats. Some are anarcho-capitalists that do not believe in voting. The principles of libertarianism transcend the empty vessels of political parties. If a libertarian is making progress towards a more free society, we think that is worthwhile. Yeah, I I think that just because I believe one thing, it doesn't mean that everybody else has to believe what I believe. And uh, I try to bring on co-hosts who challenge my thinking, your thinking, and each other so that you can hear the full range of libertarian thought. And we have Democrats and Republicans on, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm going to bring on my friend Jenny, who is a hardcore Democrat at some point this year, because I want people to see somebody who is a, a Democrat that we agree a lot on stuff. Like, she's not evil. She's not awful. She's not a bad person. She just disagrees. And I want you all to see, like, okay, there's there's like a lot of points where we agree with a Democrat. You know, so because once you have a discussion with that person, you see there's value in what they're trying to do, and here's where we can work together. And I think we've really lost sight in this country on what makes us Americans. We have completely lost sight on the shared values that we have. And we now say, I only share values with people of my tribe. People who are libertarian are worth listening to. I'm only going to listen to Reason and Cato, and we are libertarians. Yeah, mostly I'm, we are too. Right. I'm I'm only going to listen to the Daily Coast and Huffington Post. I'm only going to listen to establishment media. I'm only going to listen to Ben Shapiro and Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity. And we're I'm, libertarians. I'm only going to listen to <laughs> Donald Trump. Well, these are very very dangerous. Uh, you're you're abdicating your right to think when you're having someone tell you what to think instead of engaging your brain. And you can only really engage your brain and have critical thinking when you're willing to listen to people who are different than you. There's the other part of this that I hate is that libertarians, like I just read uh, LouRockwell.com. I, uh, I I like Murray Rothbard. I don't care for David Bowes. I think Steve Horowitz is terrible. Bleeding heart libertarians should be taken off the internet. <laughs> like. <laughs> Helicopter ride for you. Okay, well, you may disagree with uh, Stephen Hor- Horwitz or Sarah Squire or Jeffrey Tucker, but uh, I bet you agree with them a lot more than you mm-hmm. think. But if you read them, you might accidentally find that out, <laughs> and you might accidentally like them. Right. Uh, so I just think that if people are trying to move society in a libertarian direction, that should be honored. I think if you're a Libertarian Party person, good. If you're a Republican Party person, good. Like, if you uh, are in the Republican Party because of Rand Paul, I get that. If you're a person who votes Libertarian and you don't like the Republicans because they break their promises, I get that. Two things can be true at the same time. Rand Paul is good, and the Libertarian Party is good. You don't have to choose. It's not a binary choice. You can say, the Mises Institute is good, and so is the Cato Institute. 
Mm-hmm. You don't have to choose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay? So Are you uh, saying things can have pros and cons? Exactly. And think, oh, wow, at the same time? At the same time. At the same time. So... And it, are you trying to also rehumanize what people, quote unquote, will call the enemy? The right. Other? Yes. Are you trying to rehumanize them? Yes. And I think we're too small of a movement in the libertarian movement to fight with each other all the time. Mm-hmm. To say, I'm not going to listen to anything that uh, uh, Lou Rockwell says. I get that. Like, there's a lot. Like, Lou Rockwell to me is very negative. I don't really listen to him anymore because he's too negative. Um, so. I, I understand that, but it doesn't mean that Lou Rockwell isn't doing good work for the libertarian movement. Correct, yeah. So I just think we need to be a little more, uh, we need to be nicer to each other. Like, we're on the same team, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and libertarians are so quick to, like, try and divide each other, and it, it just really is counterproductive and stupid. Uh, have I called my share of people out? Absolutely. Do I regret it? Not always. Like, there's people like Charles Perallo. Mm-hmm. That that I I don't regret calling out, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, see Michael Pickens. I don't regret calling him out because yeah, he's doing some good work, but I also think that he there's some problems with what he's doing. Yeah, you know, and there's plenty of people who've called me out. Yeah, well, they just. It, when you call people out, usually you give good constructive criticism on why you're calling them right. out. It's just not like no, I don't like him. He's um, I don't like him. He lives in New Hampshire. Bald, he's got a beard. Don't right, like him, right? You know, no. Like Roger, Roger and I couldn't disagree more. Mm-hmm. But Roger and I couldn't agree more. Like Roger Paxson and I love to fight, but mm-hmm. we know we agree on most stuff. But it's two different tactics. Yeah. So number three, principle number three of we are libertarians. Oh yeah, this is the one that made me uninstall Facebook. Um, <laughs> the golden rule is the foundational principle of a libertarian society. Treating others as you'd like to be treated is a prof- is a profound and straightforward uh, and uh, percept for life. Who, who wrote this? Oh, it's the lights that's freaking with me. Okay, now I see it now. Yeah, no, it's it's hard to read. Like I, I need to get like a lamp here for Whoa. when we because I have a really hard time reading the, the stories. Screen, it's that light above no. me. Whoa, oh, the screen's actually helping. Okay, all right. Wow, that's a all right. Back, sorry, everyone that's following along, I apologize. <clears throat> it's a profound and straightforward um, precept for life. Every human is worthy of dignity and respect. We reject any ideology or policy that depends on stripping an individual or group of their humanity for impl- implementation. We are not libertarians because of greed or selfishness. We are libertarians because government policy often strips individuals of their dignity and fails to provide them with the effective outcomes as detailed in our podcast. The cost, the human toll of public policy. We believe that the rules of good interpersonal relationships extend to the masses. While many libertarian outlets start with economics, we believe telling the human story is more relatable. Yes. Yeah. So, yes, I triggered a lot of people by saying that uh, the golden rule is the foundation of libertarianism. (laughs) But not initiating force on others seems to sound a lot like the golden rule. They rejected it because it's inherently Christian. And I am a Christian, and uh, I'm a believer in Christ. I have no shame in saying that. And uh, there are a lot of atheist libertarians who who really went, ugh, you said the golden rule. I don't care. Uh, Because treating you, this is what they had a problem with. 
treating people nicely is a really important thing to do if you want to get along in this world. Mm-hmm. And uh, I certainly have failed at this so many times, and I will continue to fail at this, but treating people with, with respect and uh, dignity and love are things that I really think are important. Uh, and I try to apologize as oftentimes as I can when I fail at that stuff. And if you're not treating other people with respect and you're not treating them as you'd like to be treated, then you're not going to do well in a libertarian society. Right. Because you're not going – it goes back to the natural, natural harmony of interests. Mm-hmm. Other people are not going to work with you to get what you want if you don't work with them to get what they want. It's the Zig Ziglar principle. If you help another other, if you help enough other people get what they want, they'll help you get what you want. If you don't know who Zig Ziglar is, that was weird. But uh, my Zig fans out there, you loved it. And it was yeah. This was uh, I, you mostly see the libertarians that hate the golden rules are the creeper creepitarians usually right. that you know yeah. The golden rule people, they're the creepitarians. They hate that. They're the creepitarians. They're the people who's like, no, nah, libertarians are jerks. I, everyone I've ever met, well, they're all jerks. Like, um, I used to stay stay away from most libertarians in this city of Indianapolis because, you know, I used to, the, the first ones I ever met, they were complete and total jerks. Right. I was like, well, I don't even, even like, no, nah, screw that party, screw them. You know, I'll just hang out with the two that I know and the rest of them are jerks. And then even when I introduce myself and I tell people, like, yeah, you know, I'm a li- you know, easy is the same thing. I'm a libertarian, but I'm an anarchist. And they're like, oh, you're a libertarian. You know, right. you guys, you guys you can believe all this. I was like, no, we will probably agree on most things if you, you know, relate to me. Like, like I tell people, it's like, I think a publicly free f- funded education is an awesome idea. I just hate how you fund it. Sure. It can you can totally have public education, mm-hmm. but it should be voluntary. Yeah, voluntary yeah. versus force is a big concept. Mm-hmm. The um, and with the golden rules is like it's more of like in treating others how you want to treat like how you expect to grow the libertarian movement or just making more libertarians or just or just trying to get people to be more libertarian leaning. If you know you're not nice to everyone, you know you have to walk and show your principles at all times, or people are just going like, nope, they're going to be a libertarian. That libertarian cut me off in traffic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really. I see one more Ron Paul sticker cut me off. I'm done. And and I think that if you like, I love the North Koreans. Like I spent a lot of time this year, this past year, studying North Korea, and the North Korean people are so cool. (laughs) Like they're just they seem like really sweet, decent human beings. And I don't want to bomb them, and I don't want them to die in a nuclear war because I have more empathy, love, and respect for those people and the the terror that they live under. It is a traumatic, horrible situation what North Korea goes through, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't want them to go through that. Yep. But it doesn't mean that I'm willing to bomb their country and because it isn't Kim Jong-un that's, that's going to die in an airstrike. It's, it's innocent people. Like, it, it's... Correct. Yeah. So it it is it is really taking a look at not only the people in front of you and the people that you're talking to, but also extending it to the enemies of our nation. When our government declares somebody an enemy, put yourself in their shoes. Mm-hmm. You know, the people of Iran are not our enemy. The people of North Korea are not our enemy. The people in Saudi Arabia are not our enemy. Mm-hmm. For the most part. Yeah. People in. Um yeah, people in a city that I don't live in and people there I have never met are mad at uh, people in a different country of people I have never met. That's 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 who are mad at each other. Right. It is it is somebody in Washington ch- thumping their chest on Twitter at somebody in Pyongyang mm-hmm. and they're mad at each other. Yep. But for the most part, 
at the end of the day, we're all exactly the same. We're human mm-hmm. animals. We want to wake up. We want to. Ha- <laughs> we want to wake up. We want to get laid. Mm-hmm. Then we want to eat a great breakfast mm-hmm. that fills our belly. Then we want to go do work that we love. And we want to come home. Mm-hmm. We want to have a great Chick Fil A br- lunch in the middle. Yep. Then we want to come home. We want to have a great dinner with our family. Everybody's safe and secure. We want running toilets. We want to have another round of sex, procreate, go to bed. That's the human experience. That's what everybody wants. Security, safety, sanitation, sex, procreation. Like, Mm -hmm. that is the human experience. They, like, if, yeah, I will want to bomb Canada if they get in the way of any of that. But here in America, do they? Does Does Pyongyang and North Korea get in your way of a good meal? No. No. Do they get in the way of you getting laid? No. It's probably your own autism. Do they, <laughs> the, they get in the way of of you doing your job? No. Yeah. They will if they bomb us, but why are they going to bomb us? Because the United States government's threatening to bomb them. Mm-hmm. The people that get in the way of you procreating mm-hmm. and being prosperous mm-hmm. is the United States government yeah. more than anybody. Yep. Yep. So... I just I have a really hard time being mad at other countries because I understand that some 34 year old dude in North Korea is just trying to make a living and get by and get a girlfriend mm-hmm. like me, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like because that's the human experience. And well, when we demonize other people or we demonize the left or we demonize the right, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we lose touch and we start to allow ourselves to be propagandized. Mm-hmm. There's a great video on YouTube of. Um South Koreans trying American barbecue for the first time. And that little video will just show you like how much the Korean people, especially northern Koreans, would love to hang out. Like especially in like yeah. you know, St. Louis and Texas. You text getting some Texas barbecue. Mm-hmm. You know, they would go there like what, what, you've tasted have you tried this? Yeah. <laughs> All right, next principle, please. Make me read all these government exists. Pff, doesn't have to. Government exists and politics will not cease in our lifetime. Many libertarian outlets do a great job explaining the result of libertarian beliefs, but we are not one of them. We support these ideas and believe the world would be better if we existed in a purely libertarian society. The reality is that our times demand a counter-argument to the leviathan of the modern city-state. We believe in engaging in the debates of the day to insert a libertarian voice into uh, a to move our current government in a libertarian direction. Utopian scenarios are always exciting for the libertarian mind, but usually serve to drive libertarian, curious individuals away from our movement. Yeah, so I I have really struggled over the course of the six years of the show trying to figure out what, what kind of content to produce. And, uh, you know, should I do what everybody else does, which is interview other libertarians about libertarian philosophy? Because that's really popular. Like, yeah, it's super Tom, popular. Yeah, like Tom Woods has like three times the listeners I do because he does that. Also, he's Tom Woods and he's brilliant. Like he went to yeah. Columbia and he's Harvard and he's super smart. You know, so like Tom Woods does a really great job of explaining not only the libertarian philosophy but current events too. He's He does a great podcast. Mm-hmm. But like – Mark Clare at Lions of Liberty does a great job of interviewing people about the libertarian philosophy. Mm-hmm. So what can I do differently? Well, I can take current events and give you information on it. You spend an hour and a half 
listening to us talk about four or five different topics in the news, you're going to be better informed on it. You're going to have, you know, arguments for and against. You can make up your mind. Now that means I have to work a lot harder because I have to go out and Harry and I have to prep stories for these shows. But I think at the end of the day, it sets us apart because we accept that gov- government exists. Like it, it's not going anywhere. If if we all t- could take a vote tomorrow and end government, we wouldn't. Like as as a society, like do you want to support the social contract? Like talk to any of your friends. You all know what I'm talking about. The progressives had a hundred year plan to move us to socialism. Go read the 1912 platform of the Socialist Party with Eugene Debs. Barack Obama was the achievement of their dream. Like, we are on a long term plan. Like, we have to start planning for the future hundreds of years in advance. <laughs> Humans, human society has been moving more and more and more towards freedom. It's only accelerating in the internet age. So. Let's take these principles, apply them to modern politics, apply them to the conversations that our friends are having, and uh, start moving them more in a libertarian direction. Because people don't vote on philosophy. If you have two types of libertarian candidates, you know, Ron Paul, Rand Paul, really is, po- is really popular because Rand Paul sticks up for people on the issues that are going on in the Senate, right? Whereas a Gary Johnson says, change every belief you have about everything and buy into this total libertarian philosophy. Well, it's much easier to get people to move in a libertarian direction if you take it brick by brick than asking them to just change their house overnight. You know, so it's... I've just found a niche in talking to people about the things that they're talking about, right? Instead Mm -hmm. of kind of this utopian view that government may not exist... Well, it's just not going to happen. Like, <laughs> like I, I call me a pessimist, but I just don't think that the United States government is going to lay down all of their arms in the next 40 years, 50 years, or however long I have, and say, hmm, we were wrong. You're right. Taxation is theft. Government is force. And we now have a libertarian society. Our bad. Right. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. So how do we move ourselves and our society in a more libertarian direction? That's what I'm trying to do. Roger Paxton listened to the show, said, you know what, I want to talk about current events from an anarchist point of view, because I think I can do it better. That's what he does. Mm-hmm. More power to him. Oh, yeah. But I just find all, a lot of the time, like, anarchists usually in this, I'm not saying Roger does this, like, well, <laughs> you don't trust the government to do X, why would you trust it to do national defense? It's like, well, that's just not really compelling to me. Like, I want to know if you like the tax bill or not. What do you think of the tax bill? Yeah. I just don't like any taxes. Okay. Well, that's not really a convincing that argument. That was a very fast episode. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> da, 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 roll credits. Right. <laughs> Next principle, sir. You know, but just say the uh, anarchists uh, or the true libertarian national defense would be just paying for someone's head. I just want to put that <laughs> Right. Yes, warlords. <laughs> right. We're back to Somalia. <laughs> you people. All right. We are libertarians will serve as an entry point into the libertarian movement. Acting as the entry point for those interested in the libertarian philosophy is one happy outcome of focusing on current events. We do our best to teach individuals about the entire entirety of the libertarian movement without bias. We will favor certain individuals and outlets. We recognize not every new person will have the same taste. 
We don't believe in shaming other libertarians for engaging in political activities that we do not personally find worthwhile. So this is really striking at the annoyance of the people who, you can't listen to democracy now. It's not a libertarian outlet. You can't listen to Glenn Beck. He's not a libertarian. Uh, it it also is here. Let me see that. Please. What about dancing at libertarian uh, and you know national without conventions their sh- without their shirts on, on? on stage during a debate? Is is that that's an activity that I found worthwhile? <laughs> so what I have found is that again it goes back to that like if you're coming from the left and I share something from the right, you go ooh, and if you're from the right and I share something from the left, you go ooh. So. There's going to be those people who engage in what we do when you talk current events who are bringing their own baggage into the discussion. Um, And I found that to be kind of annoying, but I understand it because, Mm -hmm. like, there's some liberals that I just really still hate from back in the the Republican days. Mm -mm -mm -mm. You know what I mean? Like, I still find myself more attracted to the people who hate the left, but... Because it's so fulfilling. It is, yeah. Because the awful. left, when they like, when you hit them with with an article or something, they actually cry. When you hit the right, they're like, "Wow, that's an interesting article." <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but cry, give me something. <laughs> so this is really trying me trying to say to all the new people, "Hey, we're looking at it from both sides. So we're we're, we're trying to give you arguments. Stick with us, mm-hmm. okay." Yeah. Just give us like three episodes at least, all right? We're total uh, picture. Right. We're trying total to give picture. you a big picture. And you're not used to that because you're so used to, you know, you uh, like, I, again, I really like Ben Shapiro, but Ben Shapiro has an annoying habit of saying the left, the left, the, the left. left. Right. You know, Tucker Carlson, again, really interesting show, lots of thought-provoking points on his TV show, but it's always the Democrats or blah, 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 blah. So... It, it, you're used to going on to these n- t- news outlets from the uh, left and right, and they're just picking on the other side. And so when you come to somebody who's trying to give you a full picture, you go, does not compute. Yeah. So, And if anything, if you don't want to read HuffPo, you don't want to read Salon, you don't want to read Feminist Daily, don't worry. Spangle will for you. Right. And, you know, I'm pretty good here for you, so you don't have to read it. Yeah. I love all that stuff. I love reading it because I know what I believe. I know my principles. Mm-hmm. And so I have no problem reading somebody that I think is stupid. Yeah. Like, I have no problem reading Huffington Post and rolling my eyes. Mm-hmm. I watch CNN all the time. CNN is full of stupid. You know what I mean? So I know. It's, it's, it's bad. A, yeah, especially when the people try to say, like, stop saying CNN's fake news. Like, CNN's been fake news for 10, 20 plus years. Right. They're just getting caught now. That's all that is. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, as an entry point for new libertarians, that, that, that's all I want to say is we're, we look at all sides. So mm-hmm. go ahead. Next one. What number are we on? I believe we are on number uh, six. Okay. Nope, nope, nope. Sorry. Did I say six? I meant seven. Da, 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 da. I just haven't changed the Roman numerals. I just, I don't, I did it like as an outline initially, and then I should have done numbers because everybody made fun of me because I used Roman numerals on this. Roman numerals. I don't know. Libertarians love it, but apparently everybody else thinks it's stupid. Well, did, libertarians did, are the right message, so. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Gives us because it gives us prestige, but right? Yes, these are principles. Okay, yeah. this is like we don't use numbers on principles. You know what's also most sad? Like I, even if I do to go home and try to finish that, you with the ten com- with the commandments down there. Stones probably did like four of them by now <laughs> and coloring them out. It's Christian Emmons who's the the dank memer. 
Oh, is it? You think yeah. Christian's doing it? Yeah. Oh man, oh man. I'm just, or someone else. Someone else is probably like working on it right now. I'm trying. To, I should never should have said anything. Anyways, achieving liberty is a never-ending fight, and libertarians must invest in future generations. Progressives in the early 20th century planned to spend 100 years advancing their political goals. Libertarians must show the safe preparation and coordination to begin moving us towards principles of self-government. Those looking for short-term success will be frustrated quickly. Yeah, so this really comes... Long-time libertarians get this, but newbies who are looking to, you know, I'm going to run as a libertarian, I'm going to win... No, you're not. <laughs> like, you're in this for the long haul. You need to run three cycles, okay? You need to run th- three different times to win that race, probably. Mm-hmm. Like, this is this is not a quick-fix movement, okay? Conservatism is never a quick-fix movement. I don't mean that in the Sean Hannity sense of the word conservatism, because when you are trying to conserve certain institutions in society or you are trying to restrain progress— in certain ways because progressives look at the growth of government and say this is good well we want to conserve and restrain and counteract that's difficult it's difficult because it's so rewarding for people to say yeah but i just feel so good making progress by voting for this democrat uh and i don't just mean that in the identity politics terms i mean it in well we gave poor people a meal today well, no, you didn't. You you gave bureaucrats a job, and you severely underdelivered on the promise to feed poor people. These are the but these are the realities that people don't want to hear. They want it to feel good voting a certain way, and it doesn't feel good to say no. Okay, yeah. any parent knows that, uh, and so it's it's uncomfortable to be on the opposite side of progress sometimes, but. You have to look at it like we're progressing society towards a free, more prosperous society. Which is progress. Which is progress. We have to flip the script a little bit. And so you have to be nice to each other, learn to work together. You have to pre-plan and always keep an eye that this is a long-term thing. You are doing things as a libertarian for future generations, maybe not for yourself. So it is really important that you keep that in mind that you're not just doing this to win your immediate election. You're doing this to keep liberty alive for future generations because progress feels good, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. Well, no, you're just moving us away from individual liberty. We had this constitution that was the greatest moment for human liberty in all of human history and we've ruined it. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's not progress to get stuff from the government. That's regress because that's you're getting stuff from the king. Right. We are moving back towards a king that wants to take the fruits of our production. Therefore, it's not progress. It's regret. It's regress. Yes, it's regress. Yeah. So, yeah. Next, next one, please. Yeah. Per, yeah. As long as it, if you have something to say, go ahead. I'm Sorry. just going to say progressing towards an anarchist state. Right. You know, or minarchism, progressing towards it. Listen, Ho- I'm happy to have stop. I'm happy to have my minarchist state next door next to Libertopia, okay? You and Roger can live next door and I'll have my minarchist state with the constitution as written and you know, you can you're free to move. Next door will be in the clouds, in the sky cities. <laughs> in, the cl- okay. in the clouds, right. Yep. No. I've seen Star Wars now. It doesn't sound all rosy, okay? I'm going to be like Lando Calrissian in my cloud city. <laughs> 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 Making deals. <laughs> 
it's going to be a meme. Um, every, um, every individual can make a societal change. Oh, sorry, this is number eight. Okay. The average individual has the power to influence modern politics with a post, a tweet, a discussion, a vote, or through their voice. Every act is an extension of their values and must be used wisely. So this is something that really, I just started to formulate and feel at the end of last year. And, you know, I've said for a long time that a vote is the extension of your values. And so if you wouldn't put your hand in Harry's pocket and steal his money, why would you vote for somebody else to? Uh, And I started to think about all this stuff during the Harvey Weinstein, you know, Me Too stuff, where... uh, you know, you look at this this guy, this YouTuber. There's a this is going to date this episode a little, but there's a YouTuber that just went to the Japanese death forest, where it's su- the super suicide forest. Okay, don't talk about him. I, I don't even know his name. I'm Dude, just saying. Here's my don't point. even search for it. Don't give him clicks. Uh, so this this guy showed a dead body. Okay, and it's incredibly distasteful, and it's a mistake. And he knew it was a mistake because he pulled the video down. Within 24 hours, because he was doing it for clicks, for his own, his own, this is a great example of human behavior. I'll let you rant in a second, Harry. This is a great example of human behavior. Here is somebody who is acting in their own self-interest. They want clicks and money, okay? So they're thinking about themselves. But then they do something, and they go, and then society goes, hey, how about you be empathetic? That's somebody's son, brother, husband would you want that to be you and they went oh man i'm a dick let me take this down lesson learned government didn't get involved human human nature took over the tribe said that's not cool dude okay over we don't need to prosecute him but now there's just these squads of people who were going we need to remove him from YouTube completely. We need to take away his channel. We need to destroy his life because he made a mistake. You're being more, you're being less sympathetic than he was. <laughs> you're being, you're doing the same thing. This guy made a mistake. He said, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. I took it down. That's good enough for me. You know what I mean? He won't do that again. And he will think about the responsibility that he has as a voice as he posts YouTube videos. But the people who are trying to tear him down aren't thinking about their power as a person who can tweet. And so, yeah, we look at tweeting, Facebook posting, texting, as all this stuff is superfluous. It's just, it's it's meaningless. It's fluff. It's not. Because what you are contributing to is is our culture. And if you uh, don't want these squads coming after you in the future, you shouldn't participate yourself. If you want a libertarian society, um, if you want a moral society, it has to begin with you. It has to start with you. Freedom and all these different things, peace, has to start with you. What is the most peaceful interaction you can have with another human being? You have to start modeling it. You know, free markets, the virtue of production, these principles, they have to start with you. Okay, you have to understand that what you do every day at work is yours. And somebody's taking it away from you. 
and then you need to have a peaceful, logical discussion with them that they're wrong. And I, I just, I look at where the culture is going on social media, and I just don't think that we're thinking about what we're saying. And uh, Lord knows I'm as guilty of it as anybody, but I've started to really think, like, does this thing that I'm about to publish reflect my values? How does it make me look? Not in does this make me look good, but in am I reflecting the type of society that I want to build? Am I being a good example for my nieces? Am I being a good example for my listeners? Am I being a good example for libertarians, for Christians, for Christ? So I really have started to, to take every time I hit publish as a personal extension of my values and does it reflect what I truly believe? And is this how I would treat somebody else? Uh, because I just think it's important. And I think that the total sum of all of this conversation, it's like bees in a hive. This hive mind, you can easily pollute or you can easily clean based on how you publish. Yeah. I mean, like, you look at Gamergate and, and how all that kind of went out went, went on. I mean, it was just it was vicious. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I was just trying to prod you into having an opinion, but I didn't mean to offend you. I'm sorry. You leave Gamergate alone. There's a lot of people who fought on that war, okay? Veterans of that war. Yes, Z. To fight against, okay? <laughs> How many people did you kill in the war on Christmas? It was just more like the, the, the game brigade was just it was just showing what happened when the, the uh, when it was basically like a precursor to like, you know, the whole like Trump election. It's like just showing like, hey, these people are fake news. Like the journalists are working against it. They're not, you know, on our mouthpiece. Right. We're getting... We're getting Actively I don't want to get into gaming. I was, I was just like, yeah. but what do you think about the point? Yeah, the point is that that is on. Yeah, that is comp Yes, everything you said is completely correct. Yes, yeah, that's what. Yeah, all right, that's what I like to hear. <laughs> all right, next, the next one. Uh, nine. We. Oh, I'm shocked you put nine on here because like Apple skipped. You know, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we embrace complexity and reject tribalism. Unless you're a Patriots fan, then it's a cool cult. <laughs> um, our new listeners and readers are always trying to determine our tribe. We reject the tribalism of modern politics and do not try to fit our content to curry favor with the biases of particular political movements. We are not right or left libertarians. We believe that there are valuable ideas from all different ideologies within cl global politics. We do not engage in flat, simplistic thinking. We reject propagandist tactics. Humans are complex animals that deserve in-depth study and analysis. So, <clears throat> I think Steve Bannon is a piece of garbage. I think he's a terrible human. Uh, I'm completely disregarding everything I've said all in this episode, but I think Steve Bannon is somebody who is very good at propaganda and is very good at manipulating a certain segment of our population into believing in these certain memes that he creates. You take somebody like Mitt Romney that the people he's manipulating voted for four years ago. Mitt Romney is an incredibly decent man. Uh, I don't agree with him politically 
uh, on a lot of stuff. Uh, not much, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I think he's a genuinely, he's probably the best human being in terms of personal morals. Like the worst thing they could find about Mitt Romney was that he one time put a dog on top of a car yeah. on a family vacation with the wife that he's been married to forever that he never cheated on. Like it, it, it he just seems like a very decent man. And during the Roy Moore stuff and in, in an effort to get an alleged child molester elected, he called into question Mitt Romney's service, Mm. you know, and for for a guy who I don't think served in Roy Moore, for a guy in Donald Trump that didn't serve, George Bush, Al Gore, Bill Clinton, LBJ, all these people didn't serve. (laughs) Like, it's just such a cheap political shot to try and diminish what Mitt Romney thinks in, in a cheap and easy way, as opposed to dealing with the very real and logical thought that Mitt Romney has. And so it's it's just a lot of logical fallacies are used by the Trump crowd, and the left does it too, like mm-hmm. trickle-down economics. Complete misnomer. It's called supply-side economics. And they believe that if you give if you give capital to companies, they'll innovate, they'll create more supply, and the extra supply through innovation will create new demand, and therefore the economy will grow. Okay, at what point does any of that has to have to do with the rich or trickling down to the poorest of society? Like trickle down economics is a propagandist term to diminish the views of people who are not demand side economics where they say like if we give everybody $300 in a tax cut then they'll go out and spend it and that will stimulate the economy okay whatever i don't agree but i mean it does but it's $300 a year yeah <laughs> so so it could do much right so we we just uh it's just an xbox bro Right. We have to be really careful when we're listening to these people talk and they're they're taking complex situations and trying to use like oh they just don't want to do the jobs that uh, they don't well that is that is a it's clichés. I guess is really what irritates me. Clichés. Jonah Goldberg wrote a book called uh The Tyranny of Clichés. It is God, I wish I were as smart as Jonah Goldberg. He, it, this book was so phenomenal. Uh, th- there's another podcast that I, everybody should go listen to. It's called Atlantic Interviews. It's uh, a, a different Goldberg. I think is I think it's Jeff Goldberg. Uh, interviews. He, yeah, he's the not not that Goldberg. <laughs> uh, they do play who's your favorite Goldberg in the episode, but. Uh, go- Jonah Goldberg, I think it is actually the editor of the Atlantic interviews people. The one with Jonah Goldberg was excellent. Uh, Masha Gessen uh, was unbelievable. Uh, it, it it's just a really good podcast. Um, but Jonah Goldberg wrote this book called The Tyranny of Clichés, where he picks apart the clichés of the left, and it just is like, ah, oh, this is so good. A really good book. Highly recommend it. Um, and that's what this is about. Quit, quit arguing cliches. Quit arguing simplistic binary thinking. Quit engaging in discussions that are just silly, like net neutrality. Nobody was even arguing what Ajit Pai was doing. Everybody was arguing vague straw men, and it was so irritating. Mm-hmm. You know. And somebody wrote in. I haven't. Li- I haven't really dived into it yet. But somebody listened to our episode. And they wrote the Facebook page, and they gave this very like 
thoughtful re- response to what we said in the net neutrality episode, and I really appreciated that because there's somebody who disagrees with our point of view on that episode, and they were not they they, they like had facts to counter what we said. Awesome. Might even interview the guy because he was so thoughtful and didn't just you know call me a baby killer and your internet's going away and blah blah blah. So the world is complex. Again, two things can be true at the same time. Three things could be same true at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Jonah Jonah Goldberg can be smart. Yes, he's on the right. Mm-hmm. Ezra Klein is also smart, and he's on the left. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So. They they are right and wrong about certain things, and just mm-hmm. because they are right right about some things and wrong about others, it doesn't mean they're totally wrong. You should never listen to them. Yeah, it's like Jordan Peterson, incredibly yep. smart. Yep, Canadian, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one. Ten. We treat modern politics with all of the irrele- irrelevance. It deserves. Political commentary is boring. We recognize the seriousness, serious outcomes of politics, while not talking, while not taking it too seriously. We believe that humor is a useful tool to explain complex ideas. Our podcast reflects a kitchen table conversation as opposed to experts sitting at a news desk. So, th- forever the tagline of this podcast has been. Uh, all of the irreverence modern politics deserves. And this is a phrase that I I came up with at the, like the very early days of this podcast because I wanted to do a show that was a group of friends sitting around talking about politics. And uh, I've been hugely influenced by uh, the Bob and Tom show, the Howard Stern show, and uh, Glenn Beck, how he has his best friends hanging out on, on, the, on the air, basically. <laughs> it's like three or four people. You know, and I just, I love, those are my favorite parts. Those are my favorite types of podcasts. The Mike O'Meara Show is a great podcast that has been hugely influential on me. And uh, it's friends hanging around talking. That's the best, that's the best listen in a podcast. Uh, And I, I, I wanted to structure the show like that. And because you're structuring a show like that where you're, allowing curse words and you're allowing jokes and inside jokes and and kind of uh but you're talking about politics where everybody thinks you need to be serious and uh solemn and earnest i i I wanted to have a tagline that would essentially say like don't expect us to be meet the press and so i started using all of the reverence modern politics deserves because then when people would say you're memes well you're doing memes how can we take you seriously Look at our tagline, right? So I just and I and I still believe that. I think if you listen to the show now versus six months ago, there's way more substance than there was fluff. We're getting right into the topics. We're not uh, chitter chattering. We're not chatting as much as we used to because I I just um, in talking to a bunch of people after the show had a big change in co-hosts uh, late last year. It just seems people liked they liked the the substance that made them smarter with their friends than they liked the irreverence, mm-hmm. but they still like the irreverence. So some of the Thursday shows will still continue to be irreverent. Like I'm going to have my friend Caitlin and Caitlin Kopetsky 
of Blonde and Brunette's YouTube channel, the Blonde and Brunette YouTube channel, where they teach you drink mixing. Mm-hmm. My buddy Jeff Vibbert of the uh, Jeff and Caitlin did the Jeff Vibbert podcast, which is still out there, uh, even though it's on uh, <laughs> hiatus. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm going to have them on because it's and it's going to be fun. We're going to chat, and there will be less politics and more fun. You know, we're still going to do some of that, but by and large, I really feel like the mission of the show through 2018 needs to be. Uh, hey, let's get to the let's get to the stuff. You know what I mean, yeah. and have fun throughout. Uh, the Thursday show will be a little looser than the Tuesday shows with Harry and I, um, but it it still is in our DNA to not take things too seriously. Mm-hmm. Because even though this is all serious and it is dangerous stuff, it doesn't have to be that serious when we're talking about it. Exactly. Yeah. But, and you're going to need some of those Thursday shows, especially going into this election year. It's going to get brutal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to get brutal. Well, I think just as a, you know, doing two shows a week now, it's I got to have fun at some point. I'm not saying this isn't fun, it's a different type of fun. I'm just talking about the political fights that are going to happen because, Yeah, you know, the left and the right are going to keep swinging at each other. Like we love memes. I love, yes, memes. love memes. So much. You know, our our we encourage the posting of memes and mm-hmm. jokes and you know, like I just I want people to be authentic, right? Mm-hmm. And I think if you're going to be authentic, you need to be. Uh, people are funny and engaging and uh, like to say curse words in their real life. And I just hate when people crack a microphone and don't don't be them. They're not themselves. They're trying to be something different. And so I just want anybody that sits down at this table to be authentic and mm-hmm. real and. Uh, you know, it's except Tad, yeah. <laughs> Tad Western. Tad is real, okay. <laughs> the fake cowboy. But yeah, like <laughs> because I want this to reflect the conversations of our generation at this time. And Hashtag uh, bring back Tad talks. I know Tad talks. Get your ass in gear. So so yeah, uh, I've tried to tone down the cursing. I've tried to tone down a lot of the the more blue material. Thank you. Um, but it's still there, and I think that uh, the you know. I would appreciate the lack of swear words from you. Shut up, Harry. You know, yeah. Just I don't. I don't think I've ever heard you swear. To be honest, I've sworn on this podcast before. Have you? Yeah, I think like six times, maybe. Okay. There's several times. I'm sure there's several times. I think several times I got upset and I, you know, I said a swear word. Right. Very rare. Harry, (laughs) what what principles was I missing? The Harry the Harry Bill of Rights. What addendums would you make to this? Um, honestly, there's not one that I would have made to, to me. When, even when I read it, when you first posted it and I read it and I was like, uh, I, this is awesome that you put to put down to paper what we've kind of just kind of worked on usually verbally just on paper. It was right. neat to see on paper. And I was so excited. And I remember even on that like episode on Twitch, when I was talking on Twitch, like I was so excited, wanted to talk about it. It was like, oh, I'm going to wait for him. And, but it's like, I loved it. Because it's kind of, it's just concentrating on like, what was this podcast about? Yeah, you can give them a about page, but this is so much better. Like here, yeah. here, boom. Yeah, well, I, nice I think, guideline for you. Yeah, because I think if if you're you're going to, you don't have time, okay? Anybody listen to this podcast, I have a thousand podcasts on my Downcast app. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, the Apple iTunes podcast app is garbage. Listen on Downcast, but spend the money on Downcast. Great app. I've used it for five years. I love it. Um, maybe longer, but it's a great app. And so I use Google Play Music. Yeah, if you're on Android, we're on Google Play too. But uh, and, and that's good. 
Yeah, I like it. It auto downloads three episodes for me, and it's I like it. Yeah, so I uh, I just think that if you can just tune in, look at the ten principles, go, yeah, these guys, this is what they're about. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and I'm just not trying to. Uh, do a show for a certain segment of people. I'm trying to do a show for what I find interesting anymore. I, I've experimented. I've tried different things. I've tried to uh, curtail content to certain audiences, and uh, I'm just not doing that anymore. Uh, I just I'm. I, I don't know that we ever did. I'm just trying to build our own little cool. Uh, cool's a strong word. Click of people that appreciate politics in the same way. My mom says I'm cool. <laughs> right. Well, that's. I met your mom, dork. <laughs> so, um, but I know your mom liked one of my photos the other day, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, Harry's mom, she's so cute. She's a very sweet lady." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What happened? <laughs> Careful, she's driving out it's a Dom Mercedes everywhere now. <laughs> so yeah, I she got that show fixed. I just want to give everybody a quick glance. Here's what we're about. Are you in? Or are you out? Yeah, you know, and then give us some time. Like, put your check your biases a little bit, mm-hmm. and give us some time. Hear us out, and uh, if you like it, please. Best thing you can do. There's several things that you can do. Okay, uh, first go like our social media stuff. Go to WeAreLibertarians.com. Like the stuff there. Go to WallPolitics.com. Mm-hmm. Like the stuff there. You're welcome to go to chrisspangle.com and follow me on anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm certainly happy to have new followers on Twitter and friend requests and all that good stuff. Uh, slide in my DMs. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, send me email, editor at wearelibertarians.com. I want to interact with you guys. Uh, if you have questions, please send those in. Uh, if you want to meet other people in the community, join at Discord or on the Facebook group. Uh, you can join at wearelibertarians.com, both of those. If uh, then the next step is share with your friends, like spread the word. The The best way to grow for this podcast is for you to tell your friends, mm-hmm. like turn us on to other people that are in your world and uh, share the joy of We Are Libertarians with them. Yeah. Share one episode a week, just at least one. Yeah. On Facebook, just go to the website, share it. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Tweeted out like, hey, I'm listening to this right now. Yes. I'm listening to this today. Yeah. You guys have been great about tweeting us when you're listening and how much you like it. Like when you tweet at We Are Libertarians, then what I'm able to do is retweet that. And it looks so much cooler when one of our audience is saying, I love this podcast, than when I'm saying, I love my own podcast. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> if you tweet at We Are Libertarians and talk about how much you like our show, Mm-hmm. And what it has meant to you, or you you give us a recommendation, I will retweet you, mm-hmm. and you can show off to your friends that you're famous now. Mm-hmm. Uh, rating and reviewing an iTunes is an iTunes is not something I've hammered on a lot. I it is really important that you go and give us five star reviews and and leave a nice review. Um, leaving a- anything less than a five star review, don't. I don't care. Uh, mm-hmm. or there, there are some funny negative two and one star that are that are funny, but like the more reviews that we get on iTunes, the better we will do in their rankings. <laughs> and if we can get to the top one hundred of news and politics, we can be a major force in in media. Okay. Uh, so it, it is really helpful. Yeah. Um, Michael W. Dean always said that uh, one of the most libertarian thing you can do all day is to actually review an item. 
yes. or review something. You like something, review it because that limit, that's part of um, that market self checking. If you like it, right. t- t- tell someone that you like it. You yeah. bought something, you love it, you love this thing. Tell people, yeah, you know, rate it, review it. Not just in iTunes. You can do it in the Google Play Store. You can do it in the Stitcher Store. Uh, you can do it on TuneIn. We have a radio station. If you've got an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, just say "Play We Are Libertarians" and it will play our TuneIn channel, where I just have twenty four seven a loop of all of our shows. You can tune in. It's really cool to just like turn that on. And just listen to like something from two years ago, mm-hmm. and like hear like oh I remember that, yeah. So that that's pretty cool. Um, most importantly is, uh, I'd say most importantly sharing with your friends, but second most importantly is donating on Patreon. Uh, here's subscribing. Uh, third most importantly is signing up for the email newsletter at wearelibertarians.com. But Patreon, like I mentioned earlier, Patreon allows me to do so much more stuff. Like the, you know, it costs 60 bucks a month to run the uh, the radio station. Our, our web hosting costs 75 a month. I've, I've got probably 100 to $200 in news subscriptions because like as much as I read the New York Times, I've got to have a subscription, for instance. Uh, you know, there's the, those $10 subscriptions that you sign up for really add up over time. And so the Patreon stuff really helps to go offset the costs. And, uh, and I'm also stashing it away so we can do advertising. I'd love to do advertising later in the year. Um, we're launching a new, uh, project that airs next, next Thursday, two days from now. Three days from now, uh, called the horse race. Love to advertise that to promote libertarian leaning candidates. So yeah, I mean, financial support is incredibly huge because the more resources that you as an audience give me, the more I'm able to do to expand what we're doing here. And eventually, the ultimate expansion is that I can do it full time, and I can do a daily show, and I can pump out news and content like you wouldn't believe. So. Uh, just cutting through all the BS. All right. So yeah. And in exchange, most importantly, you get another show. You get like an extra show a week, Mm -hmm. like 30 to 90 minutes of extra content that you're not going to get in the RSS feed. Cause here's the deal. Like we use Patreon, which is the patron model, Mm -hmm. you know, Machiavelli, uh, the Prince, he don't, you know, he said to the Medici family, you guys are the best. You're so great. You have big hands. Uh, at the beginning of The Prince, because they were his patrons. Mm-hmm. Galileo had a patron. These rich people would basically keep scientists and thinkers and inventors on their payroll, basically to show off to their friends. It was like having a cool statue. Well, I've got Michelangelo on my staff. Well, there's not a lot of people who are going around just handing out millions of dollars to live like back in the day. And so what Patreon did is it created a system for you to be a patron of the arts you enjoy. Mm-hmm. So if you enjoy a podcast or an artist or a musician, you can donate per song, per podcast, per month to the things that you like. Because we're now in a society where I don't ever want to be owned by a corporation. Like I've, I work for corporations. Like I work for other people. I don't ever want to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to be Leo Laporte, where Leo Laporte has his own world and his own playground for he and his friends, mm-hmm. and they do cool stuff, and everybody likes it, right? Mm-hmm. 
I don't ever want to have to sell this or anything to anybody. I want to just be completely independent. And to do that, I need your support. And if you, the more you support us, the more cool stuff you get. You Please. get $25 a month, you get a poster. $100 a month, you get access to me mm-hmm. whenever you want. Our, our $400 a month, Brandon Luke, Craig DaCosta, Jason Doolittle, Christy Avery, whatever they want. They want me to uh, FaceTime with them. Well, within reason. If they want to FaceTime every day, I might have to have a conversation, a tough conversation. But, you know, like, you get access. You get access to our Trello where we do show prep. You get behind-the-scenes stuff that you don't get anywhere else. You get to say, hey, where did that co-host go? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'll Mm -hmm. tell you. So... So yeah, I mean it's that's the hundred dollars. You just become a very special friend. Yeah. So yeah, the Trello board is where it's at, though. Jason Doolittle took our poster and like put it in the prettiest frame. What? Ah, uh, it's so it's so cool. I'll show you after the show. Oh man! But uh, Jason's coming in here in the next couple months, and we're very excited about it. So can't wait. It's gonna be awesome. Yes, very awesome. Thank you so much for joining us here in this episode, Harry. Final thoughts for the episode. Um, I'm just gonna reiterate some of the things that um. Chris said with that, like, uh, if you look at it and you, if your first glance, like, oh, I hate some certain points, but I agree on certain points, good. Yeah. You're not supposed to like everything. Right. And also just, you know, let, let it grow on you. Think about it for a few days, you know, and if you don't like something, respond back to this. Also, if you do like something, respond back to this. Too. So, you know, Chris would love to hear that you like it or certain things that you really like it. There's certain rules on here that I like more than others. Um, the other thing is, um, just like Chris also said, if you want to come out and hang out, yeah, join the Discord. Um, Friday nights, we do have game nights. Um, we do I do stream sometimes a bit to the um, Twitch page. The Twitch page, I use that to just vent in between shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, go ahead over there if you want to um, watch me vent, talk. I don't like um, like Chris try to push me to do more shows over there. I, I might, you know, depending on if I get enough people to come over there and actually want to watch. I'll do it. You have to do it to gather an audience. I know. It's the Pied Piper thing. If you don't do it, like people... I don't, are, when, I don't know what, what day I should do it on. I don't know what time I should do it whenever on. Whenever you want. Just whatever. Just start doing it. That's what I'm saying. Like, listen, when here's to all you potential creators out there, okay? You just start doing it. I am six years into this. We're in the top 1% of podcasts. Mm-hmm. We have 7,000 on average listening every episode. That's We're adding 1,000 people a month. We have $1,000. 100 people donate on Patreon. Like, we are, we are legitimately a successful podcast at this point. Mm-hmm. Like yes. I still don't consider us successful because we're not at my level where I want to be. Yes, I pulled a hangnail. Thank you. Uh, and I'm bleeding everywhere. So if you know me for any length of time, I bleed out of holes all day long. <laughs> Nose bleeds. Every hole. But like, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, I am tweaking this thing constantly. I'm constantly learning from my audience what they want and what they expect. I'm learning new things about how to present information. I'm learning new things about how to analyze politics. I'm learning, learning, learning. And it, you have to just start doing mm-hmm. because it's this is a practice. Broadcasting is a practice. Like a doctor is a practice. A therapist is a practice. A lawyer is a practice. A teacher is a practice. It is it is something that you just have to start doing and getting experience. And creative work is really about doing. 
because you just you have to get over that hump of I don't know if the world wants to hear from me. Well, no, nobody wants to hear from you. But like after a certain period of time and you get better, mm-hmm. you know, after podcasting for 10 years, 7,000 people a, a, an episode, 15,000 people a week want to hear from me. But it took 10 years of doing it for free and I still basically do it for free. I get paid like $200 a month to put in 40 hours a week. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. you essentially like you have to just do it and then you build an audience over time. So you just like if if you're out there thinking, should I do this creative project? Should I do this music project? Should I write this book? Should I do this podcast? Should I, you know, paint this piece of art? Like, yes, you should just do it. Yeah. And you're going to suck for like 10 years well, and I, then people are just going to pay you to do it. Yeah. Well, I do have one. I am going to definitely going to do definitely do one more. I've been trying to line it up right now. I just got done talking to um, J- uh, Joe to get him to come on to do a dad show. Cool. Do it like, you know, love Joe Ruiz. I know. I'm going to have some dad questions. First time dad questions and stuff like that. You know, I've been a dad for about what is it, seven months now. So, yeah, you know, I still have questions, you know. And I'm going to try to collect them from Joe and see if I can get some other wall dads on. Want to jump on for wall dads? Yeah, the wall dad shows. Great, <laughs> the white shoe crew. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else? No, no, that's it. All right. Thanks for joining us here on this episode of We Are Libertarians. My name is Chris Spangle. That is Harry Price uh, from the dozens of people that bring you We Are Libertarians. Uh, we just say thank you for all the growth that you have given us over the last six years. We are so excited to head into 2018, and we are so excited to see where this goes over uh, you know, the next years. And we can't do it without you. We want to hear from you. We want to we be your friends. Uh, so please, Discord, Facebook group, join us. Uh, send us a note. So, yeah. All right, thanks for joining us here in this episode, and we will see you on Friday. Until then, be good to each other. I never know how to end anything. We are supported by listeners like you. Donate per month or make a one-time donation through PayPal or Patreon at wearelibertarians.com. Join in on the conversation. Visit the sidebar at wearelibertarians.com and join our Facebook group, meet other listeners, and get our daily news dump. The Boss Hog of Liberty podcast is the latest hit on the We Are Libertarians network. Each week, Jeremiah Morrill and Dakota Davis explore life in Henry County, Indiana. It's a show about our circle of friends, public officials, and our experiences. 80% observation, life, humor, and 20% politics. Boss Hog of Liberty is the day-to-day happenings of Henry County, Indiana, which is just like your community. Add us on iTunes and sample us today. Dear Leader would want you to. Oh, f- the Johnny Rocket Launchpad is Liberty. Each week, we strive to bring you the best guests in talk radio. The Johnny Rocket Launchpad delivers weekly interviews of noteworthy politicians, experts, and activists. The Johnny Rocket Launchpad is bringing the party to the Libertarian Party and launching ideas in your direction. Check us out at johnnyrocketlaunchpad.com. You can hear me, Kurt Nelson, and the beautiful Heather Nixon talk about the ideas of liberty. Rock and roll. Hey guys, this is Roger Paxton, and if you're fed up with the government running every single aspect of your life, but you're not listening to the Lava Flow podcast yet, then what's wrong with you? Check us out at thelavaflow.com, or just go back to sucking up to the government. The Lava Flow podcast, striking the root every single episode. 
It's time to shake up your podcast feed, folks, by subscribing to Lions of Liberty, the only libertarian variety show out there. Spend Mondays with me, Mark Clare, as I feature in-depth interviews with great names in the libertarian community and fun roundtable discussions. Electric Liberty Land with me, Brian McWilliams, every Wednesday, your weekly dose of comedy, culture, and liberty. And Felony Fridays with me, John Odermatt, where I expose injustice in the broken criminal justice system. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and at lionsofliberty.com.